You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Okay, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. To reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. Here's the thing. Information is power. Information is money. Literally, the currency of today's world of, of entrepreneurship is information. And if you could bring all of the, your, the information about your business into one dashboard, this is incredibly valuable. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of the truth about your business. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. This is so valuable. You just hit a button and you can see all the information about your business instead of having to like call five different departments and get all these emails and put it all together and make sense of it. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. netsuite.com slash james. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. So the thing with legacy is this interesting is that some people really, like let's say Elon Musk, like his whole point of saving humanity and this and that, or even Steve Jobs creating iPhone, I'm sure because he wants to leave some sort of legacy. People look at Steve Jobs, people will be like, okay, the guy's the Apple guy that created iPhones, iPad, Mac, right? Elon Musk, like, okay, Tesla, PayPal. It's like normal people like me. If I don't have all those ambitions, will I be able to leave a legacy? And should I care about leaving a legacy? Here's the thing. Caring about your legacy is the exact opposite of being a happy person. How so? Because if, let's say, oh, I really want a legacy of being the most inspirational writer and podcaster ever. Or if I'm Elon Musk, I really want a legacy of like, we're, we're going to, humans are going to be a multi-planetary species because of me. That's going to be my legacy. Then you're going to work really, really hard for something that may or may not happen. 
and then you're dead and you're not going to think about it. You're going to be dead. You're alive for, let's say, 80 years. And then you're going to be dead for the next trillion years after that. Okay. So, and then you, you only care about legacy, let's say, for 30 of your 80 years, if right. you live to 80. So, 30 years out of trillions of years, do you think your legacy is like really that important? What if someone, uh, Build a statue for your legacy, right? Like then your legacy, then you but will who, be. Who who am I? Who do? Why do I care if like after I'm dead? Let's say there's. We don't know if there's an afterlife or not. But either way, what do I care after I'm dead? I only care about things when I'm alive. Right. The only thing that would make me care about legacy, like your true biological legacy, is the DNA that you spread. Your DNA. And so I do care about my children. So for instance, and the only thing I think about there is I don't want them to think I'm some sort of like hero in any way, because that's not true. Nobody's really, if, when you really know the, the heart of the heart of everybody, like nobody's a hero, but, uh, I want, I want my kids to not be sad if I die. So for instance, if I were to kill myself, my kids would be really, really sad. And right. it would maybe ruin their life. Like they would be affected by that forever. Maybe, you know, oftentimes when you kill yourself, people who know you or people who are related to you, they kill themselves. There's like copycat suicides. Like I'm a, I have 5,000 Facebook friends and I would say once a month or once every two months, I'm just trying to be as accurate as possible. One of my Facebook friends kills themselves. Right. And uh, probably because I'm friends with a lot of comedians. And yeah. that, that team said, so, so that's the only thing I care about with legacy. Otherwise, why would I, why would I want to stress myself out by not only caring about my day-to-day -day life, but also caring about what people think of me even after I'm not alive? Like it's already a burden trying not to care what people think of me when I'm alive. If I now have to think about what people think about me when I'm not alive, Ooh. that is a dreck. Legacy is you just care about what people think about you right. after you die. Now, you might say, oh, I want to make the world a better place. That's my legacy. Well, you know what? No matter how hard you try, you're not going to make that much of a difference on the world. If right. there was no, and I'll, I'll, you know, if there was no Gandhi, would India be free now? Like India be free from British rule? A, the answer is probably oh, is, yes. Right? Since, yeah. since, since uh, the United Kingdom has almost no colonies at this point. So India, you know, all of their colonies would sooner or later be free with or without Gandhi. Second off, I do think Gandhi was a great man and, and what he really taught was how to have peaceful resistance. But two things. One is many, many people in India would claim that Gandhi held things back like technology and so like because Gandhi existed. How so? Well, the United Kingdom was more technologically sophisticated uh, mm -hmm. and always, and just like the U S was always focused on industrial revolution and technological revolution and so on. And when India was no longer in the grips of the United Kingdom, and I'm not saying the United Kingdom should be a colonizer or anybody should be, but I'm just saying probably India would have moved into the first world faster if the United Kingdom, if, if they were more associated with a first world country. And instead after, uh, the UK left, and, it, and I'm not saying one thing good or bad about the UK being there one way or the other, but India was torn by religious strife. You know, Pakistan split off, Bangladesh split off. There was just lots of horrific 
you know, killings and wars and battles relating to religious uh, fighting. Technology didn't advance as quickly as it could be. By the way, I'm not saying this. Other people from India would say this to me. I've been to India many times. Uh, other people from India would say this to me, that it's not, it's not black and white that it was the most amazing thing that Gandhi freed India. I would say the greatest thing Gandhi did was to show that peaceful resistance was possible. And, and look, I have a chapter about Gandhi in my book, Choose Yourself. I, I admire him. But also there's another side, which is on the personal side. Gandhi is, there's claims that he, you know, would always sleep in the same bed, uh, nude with his niece or whatever. I don't, I don't know all these stories. I don't follow them. But it's like what I was saying before, like everybody, if you know all, of, if you know everybody's thoughts, 100% of their thoughts, nobody is a hero. Uh, I, but because I said all this, I will say my one favorite story about Gandhi is this one woman was very concerned about the health of her child. She traveled across the country for two weeks walking to visit Gandhi and because uh, it was far away. And uh, she finally sees Gandhi and says, Gandhi, can you tell my son to please stop eating sugar? And Gandhi says, okay, come back in two weeks. And so she has to go home and then she comes back and two weeks later and Gandhi says to her son, you know, kid, don't eat any sugar. And the woman's like, what the heck? Like, how come you, you just tell me that? How come you sent me home for two weeks? And Gandhi said, well, because first I had to stop eating sugar. And I admire that because he, unlike a lot of people, like you look, you go to this whole self-help industry and so many people write self-help books that they don't follow their advice themselves. And I always know whenever I'm always very honest and upfront what I do and what I don't do. So I never give advice. I just say, this is what happened to me, you know, pay attention to it or not. And, and I'm usually, I try to be as thoughtful as possible about the things that have happened to me so I can, and I love writing so I could tell stories about what happened to me. And then you could choose whether, like I'll, if I say, don't buy a home, I'll write stories about my bad experience is buying a home. And then I'll look up, you know, facts and statistics about the returns on investments on buying a home. So I will do the research, but I also will share what I'm doing. So right now, for instance, I can't say don't buy a home. I bought a home. So I'm living in a home that I own. I bought a home three times. And right. so far, two out of three times turned out miserable. Maybe this third time will turn out miserable. I don't know. You know what they say, right? Like third time is the charm. Third time is the charm. But let me ask you this, wouldn't a legacy sort of provide motivation? So let's say I'm like, I want to, I want to leave a motivation, that, uh, motivation. I want to leave a legacy, like for my children, for my grandchildren. I want my grandchildren to know me as- well, well, Okay, let me ask you, what would you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be known for after you die? A great Asian? <laughs> I'm just joking. Jay, Jay would... Yao was the greatest Asian ever. And that's his legacy. I think mine would be like the person that sort of revolutionized, not revolutionized, but sort of make impact in the audio tech industry. Okay, why? Because I just love audio tech that much. I, I, I want to... Why not care about what you're doing today on it as opposed to what people are going to think about you 100 years from now? Right, but because of the legacy, right? Because of the legacy 30 years from now that people will think about, uh, will hopefully know me, know me as, that sort of motivate me to do something about right. all the tech right now. 
Okay, so it's not like you really care about your legacy. It's like if you convince yourself to care about your legacy, yeah. then that will help you move forward today. Right. And if you accomplish something today on audio tech, maybe you'll feel a little bit more contentment with your life. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about right. contentment Contentment's, or well-being. Yeah. So well-being is a function of doing good things and, and getting along with your community, having a sense of freedom, and I don't know, probably health. So maybe you, you could say to yourself that if you advance things in audio tech, A, you might make some money, so that helps your sense of freedom, and it's good for your community. So it gives you this feeling of, of well-being. As opposed to just pure happiness, right? Which is an un, I think there's no real definition of happiness. We don't really know what that means. Right. We all know happiness is fleeting, but we don't really know what happiness is. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realize, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb I could be making money on that right now by hosting and, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there and it's an e it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I remember last year I was asked to go speak at the Norway Business Summit, and I was so excited because side by side with the Business Summit was the Norway Chess Summit, where I would get to see in person Magnus Carlsen, the best chess player ever, playing chess. But... It was four plane rides, like to get to the city that ultimately I would go to. So I really did not want to fly for 14 hours. And they, they were willing to pay for everything for me. So I, I, at first class. So I didn't want to fly for 14 hours and not be first class. So I had to hurry up and get on the phone immediately to get those first class tickets to a chess tournament in Norway. And listen, this is just like when you know, you have to know when you want the best of anything, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. And I did not want those seats to fill up. So it's like, if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. I just was talking to a friend this morning where he was trying to decide between some programmers and he waited a little too long. And both the programmers he was interviewing took other jobs, like great jobs. So, you know, what's the best way then to hire the best as quickly as possible? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you could try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com 
slash James. Just try it and see. You'll, you'll find out. So ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify the top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I know this because one time I signed up as an employee, potential employee on ZipRecruiter, and I got nonstop, really, I was, even though obviously I wasn't looking for a job, I love what I do, but I just wanted to see what would happen because they were a, a, a sponsor of my podcast. And the most interesting jobs would pop up in my emails like, hey, you're qualified for this or that. And so it's interesting to see. So just just go there and try it. Try ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Amp up your hiring performance. Now, this is more for if you're hiring, but amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I think you do have a point in legacy in the sense that I was thinking just now is that what happened after I hit my legacy? What if I, 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 I did change something on my legacy and then what's next and will I be happy? Jay, think about all of the many athletes. So athletics is an interesting endeavor because mm. you peak while you're still young and alive. Right. So we, we've had on many, many I don't want to say many. We've had on several Olympic gold and silver medalists and and we've had on other heroes of their sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, other sports. Yeah, you R- even race talk car to- driving, Danica Patrick. Uh, but and and often they have to deal with depression right. after they uh, you know win, you know, become the greatest female car racer in the world, become the silver medalist ice skater in the Olympics, become win the gold medal in Olympics. All these people. Have been, were depressed afterwards. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with depression. Like I get depressed. We all get depressed to some extent, sometimes clinical depression, sometimes situational depression. But it doesn't, it seems like when you have a great goal, yes, the pursuit of excellence is a worthy endeavor. So, you know, anytime you have any kind of quest or pursuit, in order to, if the pursuit is interesting enough, if the quest is interesting enough, then the journey, and I'm not saying the journey is more important than the goal. I don't believe that. But the journey towards excellence is a worthwhile endeavor. Like you have to improve yourself. You you can't just be a great race car driver. You have to be really healthy. You have to have a lot of emotional health, like good relationships, good people supporting you that are around you. You have to um, be physically healthy, of course, and be in great shape. You have to be psychologically healthy, like to be able to handle loss and to be able to handle frustration along the way. And in order to have all these things, you have to improve yourself in a variety of different levels, physical, emotional, creative, even spiritual, in order to be the best at your sport. In most cases, some people are naturally gifted and, and can get away with it. So the pursuit of being the greatest at audio tech is a worthwhile endeavor because it gives you internal satisfaction each day. But I would also argue it doesn't matter. Like you can also find internal satisfaction not doing that, but just 
making friends in your community, feeling free regardless of what your job or money situation is, and having good health. Like that could also right. make you ha be a lot happier than people who have a big goal and journey. Right. You talk to uh, what is his name, Robert something uh, about happiness. Then he then that then he say like all this thing as well. Uh, I don't know Robert who Robert uh, Wardinger or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, he wrote about happiness. Yeah, yeah. He did mention like finding a bigger meaning in life, like in terms of society or community helping community helping society. I would argue you sh you should endeavor to be happy almost in this spiritual way, where the the lack of the more expectations you have on your life the less opportunity, the higher the probability is that there are going to be ex periods where you're very, very unhappy. How so? Let's say you expect that you're only going to get married to a person who is, you know, a beauty contest winner. So you constantly are asking out beauty contest winners. And let's say most say no, but some say yes. And then you go out with them and you realize, oh, this is, I hate this person's personality. So you know, so a good many years of your life might be spent wasted only asking out, you know, supermodels to go on dates. And then many more years might be wasted dating supermodels. And then you don't like any of them. Right. So that's because you had expectations. So expectations are always going to, when you have an expectation, another way of saying expectation is you're putting a conditions on your happiness. It's like you're writing a contract with life. Like I'm only going to be happy if supermodels date me. So better to have no conditions and no expectations, no conditions on life. Let life do life and let you do you and just roll with the punches. Like imagine life is this big ocean that you're surfing. You can't control the wave. You just get on your surfboard and you, and you try to surf as best you can. And if you surf well, you, you, you know, with no expectations on the ocean, that's a, that's, you can't control anyway, then you'll probably be happier. I felt like you, there's a truth in that. It's like every time I expect something, it's always come out bad. It's always yeah, come like, out bad. If you expect like a 50% financial raise from me tomorrow, you're going to be extremely unhappy. I, yeah. <laughs> your, your expectations <laughs> are not going to be bad, particularly if yeah. it's for tomorrow. Right. But like, you know, there's a formula for this. Like happiness is reality divided by expectations. So the more expectations you have, there's reality. Like, let's say you expect to be uh, 90 pounds, but you're actually 500 pounds. Okay. So 90 over 500 is a very small number. Uh, whereas if you're, if you're, if reality is you're 200 pounds and you only expected to be 200 pounds anyway, uh, hmm. then, uh, oh wait, I think I got it reverse. But in any case, you know what I mean? I got, I, I, the older I get, the worse at math I get. But, but okay. Okay. I mean, I'm Asian, but I still bad at math anyway. Uh, one, you're stunning at math. Just, I, one thing, just compared though, to your colleagues in Malaysia, Malaysia is that real? Is that is that like math Asia? Like are Malaysians no, good at math? I mean, technically we are, but the, I felt like the older I, so like I felt like when I was 15 years old or like when I was 12 years old, I be, I can do math in my brain very quickly. Like one times a hundred, I was like a hundred or two times a hundred, two hundred. But now even the one that times zero. That was really zero, good right there. Yeah. Even now, even one times zero, I have to be like, pull out my calculator. Well, how, how old are you? You're like 28? 25. 
35? Jesus, yeah, I'm when old. When did you become 35? You were 28 yesterday. Six, six years after I worked with you. So, so, so the, the peak age for a mathematician is 25 years old, meaning that's yeah. usually when, the age when they do uh, their, their most amazing work that they win prizes for and so on. Yeah. And so math is one of those things. Some professions, we've talked about this on the podcast, uh, some professions peak at a much older age and some professions peak at a younger age. So you lose math ability after you reach a certain age. Okay, I want to go back to the expedition a little bit. You know, you said like no expedition is better, but I felt like you have to have some minimum low bar expectations so you can push yourself a little bit. Why do you need to push yourself? I mean, like to better myself, to improve myself. Uh, but what, okay, first off, why can't you just improve yourself health just because mm. you know that life will be better if you're healthier than if you're not healthier? You know what? I think because I value validations by other people than from myself. Again, maybe that's an issue. Like maybe you should want to be healthy just for the sake of being healthy. Right. So like, like if you're sick all the time, you're not going to be as happy as if you're healthy all the time. You know, I think because of my upbringing, my whole life was to grow up pleasing other people. So okay, like, well, maybe, be that, maybe that's a problem also. I think, like, I how think- do you know- that's, a that's not just a bad habit. Like, I, okay, I have a bad habit of eating um, donuts all the time because I grew up eating donuts. Well, I shouldn't just stick with that because I did that when I was younger. I yeah. should try to improve myself so I could right. be healthier. Yeah, I think, I, I think I should do that because every time I'm like, I want to be healthy, it's because I just broke up and then I will go to the gym. It's like, okay, so I can meet better girls or whatever after. Okay, all right. So yeah, we, you have some physical needs and and they could be easier met if you're a healthy person. Yeah. So like uh you know for instance somebody I know somebody I'm very close to was depressed for a long time and he started working out and lifting weights and doing cardio every day in the gym. And through that time it took about 6 months or actually no and just I remember just 2 months later first off I could notice he was physically bigger because of the weightlifting. And he was also not, he, ne he wasn't saying to me that he was depressed. He was like in, you know, working on his physical health had helped his mental emotional health. health or mental health. So, so again, like you could want to be healthy just for health's sake. You don't need to want to have a legacy of being healthy yeah. or a legacy of, you know, um, being a great scientist. So he needed to be healthy to be a great scientist. Right. Now, Admittedly, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to be a great scientist. Like I think, like I like the what I call the absurdist philosophy. So you ask yourself, does does life have meaning? And so nihilists say uh, life has no meaning, and you shouldn't care about anything because nothing has meaning, and just forget it and do whatever you want. It doesn't matter, uh, you know. And existentialists say life has no meaning. And, you know, you can go for meaning if you want to, but be aware that life has no meaning. And uh, absurdists is very similar. Uh, absurdists are very similar to existentialists, but they say it's a joke to even think life has a meaning. It's absurd. Like you're just fooling yourself if you think life has meaning. But you might as well have some meaning just for the fun of it. Like do, you know, stay within the boundaries of, you know, the law and ethics, 
you know, because that will allow you to do more things in life. And uh, just for the heck of it, do things that are meaningful just because you can, even though you're aware that they're absurd. So an example might be Admiral Byrd was going on to Antarctica. It was the first expedition to Antarctica. And he had like 30 people with him. They were all on a boat to Antarctica. Well, their boat got stuck in frozen water and they were stuck and they were in the middle of nowhere. No one was coming to save them. So I think his name's Robert Bird. I, I forget his name. Anyway, he and another guy leave the crew of 30 and go in search of someone who could save them. Like maybe there would be an island, like a research facility or something where, you know, hundreds of miles away and where they can get saved. And mm. the other people would have to stay with their frozen boat just because that's where all the food was, all the supplies were. And they knew that the chances were Admiral Byrd was not going to come back and find them. They knew it. But what they did was they invented games, they told jokes, they they made the most of it that they can, even though they knew their lives were probably over and that there was no point in doing anything. They still did things to amuse themselves and to be happy and so on, because why not? Right. Why choose to be in despair when you could also choose to be happy? This is an example. And by the way, they were saved and rescued. But this is an example of like absurdism. It was absurd of them to even think they were going to be rescued. It was absurd of them to try to find meaning every day in their lives, but, but they did. Because even though they knew it was meaningless, they, they found meaning in their lives every single day. And so other than like, hey, we should try to be happy just because, we should try to have fun. Like, I like this idea of not goals or legacy, but we've spoken about this before, this idea of find yourself a quest. Like it could be a small quest, something that you could accomplish in a day. Like one time I said to myself, um, I'm going to try to find some way to play every day. So I would work during the day, but maybe in the evening I would go, this was New York City, so there's always something to do. I would go to an archery range or I would go to the gym and play basketball or I would play tennis or I would go to a backgammon club and play backgammon or chess or go or poker or whatever. So I kind of said, what would it be like to play every day? And why did I do that? For, for legacy? No. I did that because I love to play games and I never even wrote about this. I never really spoke about it. I only did it for a couple of weeks actually because it was hard to find a new thing every day, but it was fun. That was my quest. Every day I had a little quest, like what will I play today? So do you have a quest right now other than just chess? Like do you have well, a little no, quest? I, I, no, I have a bigger quest, which is, oh, I want to achieve my you know, same level of ability that I had in the 1990s. Mm. And, but with that is many mini quests. And I'll give you an example. You know, Avatek who's been on this podcast, yes. Avatek Gregorian, and, and he's my chess coach. He sent me a photo today that horrified me. There was a photo of me uh, playing chess in this most recent tournament. I guess it might be on the tournament website. And he said, look at this. This is horrible. Like, I would love to play in it against an opponent uh, like you. Like, you look like you have no energy. You're slouching. You look, like, unhappy. And by the way, I was winning that game at the point when that photo was taken. But he said, you look like you have no energy. You need, he said, look at photos of Google, you know, Google photos of Gary Kasparov, by the way, who's also been on this podcast yeah. several times. 
you'll never see him like slouching and looking all like zero energy like you. He's, he brings fire to the board. Like you need to, to be like that and, and focus on it. So what does that mean? It means I need to maybe exercise more or, yeah. you know, make sure I don't, you know, have proper, po- make sure I have proper posture and not slouch mm-hmm. as much. Maybe I need to eat better. So I show, so I exhibit more energy. And, uh, and you need to bring a lighter in your pocket. What was a lighter? A lighter? So you can lift, you can lift the chessboard on fire. You need to bring fire. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I need to, I, so this is like a mini quest. I need to, somehow it's very important to my chess ranking that I exhibit more energy at the board. And I, I guess the way you to do that is I got to have better posture. I've got to breathe better. I got to eat better. I've got to sleep better. Uh, this was, that, that picture was taken in the last round of a tournament. So probably I hadn't been sleeping so well. It's hard to sleep during tournaments. So I have to figure out how to sleep better. So I have all these mini quests on the way to this bigger quest. Now, do I care if after I die, people say, oh, you think you can't improve after the age of 50? Well, this guy, James, did it. I don't care about that at all, like zero. Mm. This is just something I'm interested in for right now. I might not even succeed in this quest, but this journey you know, towards this quest is making me do all sorts of things. And you know, some of them are difficult. Some of them are not related to happiness at all. Some of them make me miserable. Right. But- uh, but I enjoy the process of a quest of having some some meaning. But it has nothing to do with legacy. Like I do not care at all about my legacy. So basically, you will want to be anything but kill themselves, guy. Yeah, like I would not want my kids to to. I would not. I mean, that's not, of course, the only reason why I wouldn't want to kill myself. But right. I would. Uh, the only thing I could think of as a bad legacy. Well, okay, I know I'm not going to do any crimes or anything like that. But I wouldn't, I think the worst thing someone could do for their children is kill themselves because then you might really affect them. Now you might not, maybe they'd be happy if you did it. Who knows? I don't think mine would be happy, but uh, I just don't think that's a good thing to do to to people close to you. Not just my kids, but anybody close to me. Right. Biologically, we we often think about our offspring anyway. So, okay, let me, let me put- But but also, also, let me just add like, I think I've, I feel like I've spent a lot of time and effort on my books. Like let's say choose yourself is my most well-known book. And I feel it would, you know, from people whose lives have been helped. And I, I get emails every day from people whose lives have been helped by choose yourself. And that always makes me happy. Oh yeah. But, but, but but I, I feel that if I were to kill myself, people would say, oh, well he wrote that nothing he said in choose yourself was worth anything. Gotcha. Again, I probably don't care that much about that. That's a little bit related to the legacy you're talking about. But since during my life, I've spent so much time on it, I wouldn't, really wouldn't want to... Um... Right. But you were practicing what you were preaching earlier, is that you want to do what you have written. You don't want to be like any self-help guru out there, be like, oh, do go cold plunge every day, but they only do cold plunge once a month. Right. And I've, I did that cold plunge. I did a cold shower this morning just because so many people, because again, I wanted to, I want to be energetic for my quest, but that is just so painful, that cold shower. Are you energized right now? Like, do you feel energized? No, because it's in the afternoon. I'm a little bit tired. Gotcha.
I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 844 Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Okay, so let's do a little bit of exercise. Uh, you say you wouldn't kill yourself because of the legacy. But what if tomorrow some sort of higher power come up and be like, James, that's two things. You have two choices. You either kill yourself right now or everyone else in the world die. Which one would you choose? So say that again. I'm more like, so let's say Satan comes to me and says, <laughs> James, if you kill yourself right now, I will not destroy the world in five years. Right. But if you don't, here's a gun. If you don't kill yourself right now, it doesn't even matter if you do it tomorrow. Right. If you don't do it right now, this second, guaranteed, I, Satan, will destroy the entire world and everybody on it will die in five years from this moment. Right. And also, I just wanted to like put it out there. This is just a thought process. We are a thought exercise. We are not uh, encouraging anything. We are not, you know, uh, you know, wanting anyone to do anything to themselves. Well, uh, Satan doesn't actually exist, so he's not actually saying this to anybody. Right. So I would not kill myself. Why? And the whole world would, would blow up in five years. Why? Because this is going to sound selfish, Well, but A, if I die now, I won't even know if the whole world dies in five years. B, for all I know, the entire world is... Uh, nobody exists anyway, and I'm in some kind of virtual reality where I'm just like looking through my VR goggles at the entire world. Like I don't really know if the world mm -hmm. exists. I only know that I exist. There's there's a lot of reasons to think that it would be selfish of me. So some people could say it'd be selfish of you to not kill yourself because you're being told that right. the whole world will blow up in five years if you don't do it. But I don't even know if the world really exists. And again, I don't believe that there's any real meaning to the world. So... Absurd. I guess I would be selfish in that sense. If though you were to say, I'm either going to kill the whole world right now, uh -huh. if you don't kill yourself, like today I'm going to kill the world, or you have to kill yourself, then I would probably do it. Then I would oh, probably okay. kill myself. Because right. either way, I'm dying today. Right. But 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 what if it's like, you have to kill yourself, or you're going to be immortal, but the whole world's going to be like... Not explode, but the whole world, like people, the whole world population is just like drop that. But you'll be immortal. So you, you will get to live and see the consequences. Okay, but here's the thing about immortality. Like, let's say the earth is gone 10 billion years from now. The universe, by the way, even 
if it's, we don't know the real theories about how the universe exists, Big Bang, expansion, contraction, but let's say it's the expansion, contraction theory. The universe is going to survive for another 100 trillion years, 100 trillion years. Now, it, put it in context, the entire planet Earth is only 3 billion years old. And the universe is going to last, what, something like 100,000 times more than that. So it, am I going to be just floating in space for 100 trillion years? Yeah, yeah. You're just floating in, uh, in no space? No way. I wouldn't want to be immortal. It, the, it, I, if, if someone said if, if, if someone said to me, James, you could be immortal, that's a trick question. Because if I'm truly immortal, for the next few thousand years or whatever, I'm going to be with humans. And then we'll figure out some way to blow ourselves up. And then I'm just going to be by, by myself for 100 trillion years. And most of that 100 trillion years, 99.999% of that, I'm just going to be floating in space doing nothing. I don't want to do that. But but you you will still probably have a chance to land in other planet because like let's there's you no burden. Probably. You know? Yeah. Pro 99 1 trillionth of 1% of space has something in it. Like most of space right. is just totally empty. So I'm probably not going to land on another planet. And by the way, most space is expanding, so things are getting further away from each other. Like why do you think I'm probably going to land on on another planet? Not only that, why am I going to land on another planet with uh, like other fun people on it? Like, I'm gonna, even if there's other life, they're just going to be like germs or whatever. So, and they, uh, uh, what am I going to land on Venus? Like some kind of gas planet? I mean, what if they're like planet out there? It's just like a mirror of Earth, but it's just more peaceful, you know? The, the odds are I'm never going to land on it. Right. In, in right, 100 right. trillion years. So most of my, that 100 trillion years are just going to be boredom and pain. Also, what if I'm constantly suffocating because I need air? Like I'm I'm still in a body. Like so what if 100 trillion years I'm just in this state of suffocation but I'm still alive? Is so, that possible though? I felt like I felt like but if you're, you're making the rules here of immortality. <laughs> like here's the reason why I'm not a god. <laughs> I I would say yes to immortality if I could never age from this day forward. I don't mind being this age. If I could mm -hmm. be this age from this day forward and and I could choose at any given moment. I could choose to just die without pain. I feel like that's not immortality anymore. I feel like that's immortality with conditions. Yes, that's what I would. I would do. God, I would not choose immortality. Uh, your scenario of immortality is like just an like that is the worst. That's hell. <laughs> that's just the worst thing ever. Uh, that is not that. That's like I would. I only want immortality on my terms. You know what? You know what? If I immortality, you know, I was okay. This is this is this is totally like out of uh, out of the world right now. I'm just gonna say whatever it is. If I'm immortality, I would practice necromancy so I can revive people and talk to people. It doesn't matter. The sun is gonna swallow the earth in like ten billion years. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I do. I am a little bit. Uh, interested to see what happened at the end of the universe, right? Like, but you can only achieve that with a immortality. You know, is there actually Big Bang at the end of the the world? Is the end of the world the beginning of the other universe? You know what I mean? We're still talking about a hundred trillion years from now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hundred trillion years is not. I don't know how. That's more. That's more than any number you've ever thought of in your life. Like, just think. Humans as a species have only been around 250,000 years, okay? So multiply that by four, that's a million. 
Okay, multiply that by a thousand, so four thousand. That's a billion. More multiply that by a thousand, so that's four four. You have to multiply that by four million, and now you get to a trillion. And so, so multiply that by another hundred. I don't even know where I'm at now, but yeah. it, it's your whole life is like nothing compared to like most of the time you're just going to be a, a, a floating in space. Like yeah. uh, you're I, not I, even going to remember that you were alive on earth. I think you're right. I think there are challenges of being immortality because you do want people to question you, right? Like you have to constantly take on new identity for like a thousand, couple, couple thousands of years. Yeah. So, I mean, well, you, okay, that's like just if you're in a science fiction movie, right? <laughs> like if you're the age of Adeline, she has to switch her her identity, uh, so the so the FBI doesn't find her. So, okay. By the way, so the moral of the story is immortality is bad. No, immortality with conditions is great. <laughs> okay, immortality with condition is great, and legacy you don't really have to care about it. Just focus on improving yourself. Yeah, like, like, look, I think you could do legacy in the absurdest way, which mm. is that if you realize that it's meaningless, you might as well do fun things and have quests and things like that, if that gives you joy in life. If you're going to be miserable unless you achieve your legacy, then I, I wouldn't focus on legacy at all. So, yeah, tweet at us, tweet at James, and if you want, you can tweet at me uh, if you care about your legacy, or would you want to be immortal? Uh, just forget the immortality. Like immortal means I'm changing the definition of immortal means you're going to live for, let's say a hundred thousand years. Okay. You're not immortal. You're just going to live for a hundred thousand years and you could choose at any point if you want to die. For instance, Jay, what if someone says Jay's immortal? So we're going to put him in a box and we're going to bury it 50 feet underground and there's no way he can escape the box and no one will ever find that box. And he's immortal. That sucks. Would you want would you want immortality then? No, no. No, you'd like, want to be able to choose to die. Yeah. By the way, that that's a uh, a situation that happened in the TV show Heroes, where a guy was immortal, and the guy who could teleport teleported that guy into a a grave, you know, fifty feet under the ground. That it's season one, right? When Heroes is still good. It might it might have been season one. That was the only season that was good. Yes. When Siler wasn't like. You know, going crazy and everybody. Anyway, yeah. But yes, Twitter says if you care about your legacy or not, or if you have any legacy. Yeah. And by the way, if you have any other insane questions like this, feel free to ask anything. Relationships, health, legacy, career advice, investing advice. Tweet it out to me. We'll do a podcast about it. Everybody, have a good day. Jay, if somebody comes down and offers you immortality, make sure it's not a trick question. I, so if 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 devil make like if devil try to make a deal with me, I better read all the contract and add some of my conditions. Yes, exactly. Always negotiate your immortality, and <laughs> don't focus so much on legacy. I'll leave you with that. Right. Thank you. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. 
Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.